0: I covered my first race in the inaugural Michigan 500 as a sports intern for the Toledo Blade way back in 1981. Since that time, I've been able to build a tremendous relationship with the drivers, mechanics, engineers, team owners, and series officials in both IndyCar and NASCAR. I've had the opportunity to cover races for brands like National Speed Sport News, NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. But this show isn't about me. It's about the star drivers and the daring heroes of IndyCar. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. The season is now underway after Alex Pelot of Spain drove to an impressive victory in the April 18 Honda Indy Grand Prix of Alabama. He joined Michael Andretti and the late Dan Weldon to win in his first race for Chip Ganassi Racing. Pillow had a very impressive race, leading a race-high 56 laps of the 90-lap contest after starting third. Pillow was able to hold off the hard-charging willpower of Team Penske, who had more than 100 seconds of push-to-pass left in the final 10 laps of the race. But in spite of this horsepower advantage, power was unable to catch the 24 year old spaniard who won by 0.4016 of a second i caught up with below friday at Barber motorsports park to ask him about working with chip ganassi racing after spending his rookie season in 2020 with dale coin racing with team go alex polo you're getting ready to start your first race of the season for chip ganassi racing What's it been like joining the new operation, and how excited are
1: you to be here on one of the top teams in the NTT IndyCar Series? It's been like Christmas every day, to be honest. Um, get to know the team. Uh, there's a lot of people working there. Um, I moved to Indy to be even closer to them, and it's been it's been amazing. We had uh, four or five days of testing road course, uh, one day of of testing at the speedway, and it was amazing, to be honest. I I built a lot of confidence over the winter, um, and I'm just really excited to get going. There's been so much attention
0: given to one of your teammates, Jimmy Johnson, because he's a seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion. In a lot of ways, has that kind of helped you a little bit to where you can focus on what you need to do and not have people like us asking you a lot of
1: questions (laughs) that we're now asking Jimmy Johnson? Um, Yeah, for sure. I mean. What it, help, it has helped me for sure is to have Scott Dixon and Jimmy as teammates. Like, um, I can learn a lot from them and, and, and it's amazing having a champion uh, like him, seven-time NASCAR Cup champion. And for sure, like him getting a lot more att- attention um, makes everything easier for me. Um, but what I'm really happy about is having him at the track. How's
0: the adaptation been to Chip Ganassi Racing? Who are some of the people you've gotten to become friends with that you've gotten to know real well?
1: Yeah, um, it's been it's been easier than I thought. Uh, the first time when I walked in the shop, I saw so many people uh, doing different jobs that I was like, "Oh my God, man, I, that's gonna take me a while." Um, but it's been fun. Uh, it's been it's been a long period where I was like learning everybody, learning how to um, how the car was behaving um, where did I had to, who do I had to speak to to improve that part of the car um, so it's been fun and I think we are right there um, to be able to start and what is uh, having Scott Dixon as a teammate been like for you? Amazing, there's nothing else I can ask for like um, not only that I have the champion Uh, car and team Um, but I also have the champion as my teammate Um, there's no better teammate to learn from than a six time IndyCar champion and he's he's such a good person that he helps me every time Um, it's amazing here I don't know if it's only Scott or here in the US but he he tries to make me faster so I can push him even more and make the car faster for both of us Um, so yeah I think we're going to have a great year both of us Alex Pelot, driver of the number 10 NTT
0: Data Honda for Chip Ganassi Racing. Good luck this season in the uh, NTT IndyCar Series season. Thank you. As we noted in that interview, Pelot isn't the only new driver that joined Chip Ganassi Racing this season. Seven time NASCAR Cup Series champion Jimmy Johnson made his NTT IndyCar Series debut this past weekend at Barber Motorsports Park. Although Johnson brings a champion's pedigree as one of NASCAR's greatest drivers, the 45-year-old racing legend realizes his adaptation to IndyCar is going to take some time. He intentionally set his sights low entering Saturday's qualifications, hoping he would not start last. He achieved that by starting 21st in the 24-car starting lineup. Starting near the rear of the field, some of Johnson's NASCAR instincts kept him out of the big one, a crash on the first lap near Turn 5 when Team Penske driver Joseph Newgarden spun sideways, creating a multi-car crash that also involved Ryan hunter Ray, Felix Rosenquist, and Max Chilton. Johnson was able to drive through the carnage and completed the remainder of the race, He finished 19th three laps down, but said he met his goal of bringing the car home in the first race of what he realizes will be a learning experience. Here's an interview I had with Johnson several weeks ago talking about why he decided to make the switch to IndyCar and his expectations this season. Joining us on the show now is a seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, But this year, he's going to be called a rookie for the first time in 19 years. It's Jimmy Johnson, driver of the number 48 Carvana American Legion Honda for Chip Ganassi Racing. Jimmy, after all these years and all these accomplishments and seven Cup Series titles, the big question is, why would you want to make such a drastic change in your racing career and try out IndyCars for the next two
2: seasons? Yeah, I, that's a popular question, but I, I've always wanted to experience uh, an open wheel car and I've specifically always wanted to race an IndyCar, uh, especially when I was young and growing up on the West Coast. That was kind of the arc that racers took and an IndyCar was the sport to be in at the time. Uh, so I, I, I'm very fortunate to be in a position where I can, you know, at 45 still chase a childhood drink.
0: And not only that, but getting a chance to work with some true legends of the sport, Chip Ganassi, Scott Dixon, Dario Franchitti, Tony Kanaan. You've got to believe that you're really learning this from the best of the best.
2: I am. And it is um, the, the group of people that you just mentioned, and then there are many others within CGR. You know, that's, That is the where I found my confidence to step out on this limb and, and try this. Um, I truly feel I'm, I'm being supported by the best in the business and by people that genuinely want to see me do well and and have my back in and, uh, and great friends you know when, I, when you look through management and Doug Hart my relationship with Dario Scott Tony um, you know in, inside the team and, and the depth that they have their um, you know their persistence to, to be the best in the sport and the fact that chip loves winners and all that goes with it I mean it it is it is perfect fit for me and I'm being supported really, really well.
0: Also, what about your relationship with Tony Kanaan? He's going to drive the number 48 Honda in the oval races. Uh, Four of them will be on the schedule, but I know that you and him go back a ways and how did you become friends with him?
2: Yeah, we do. I mean, we've had mutual friends and kind of known each other um, from afar for a lot of years, but I'd say the first few times I really had a chance to hang were I'm doing the race of champions events. And then from that, uh, being in Florida for some NASCAR racing when he lived down in, in the floor in the Miami area. Uh, we did a bunch of cycling and, you know, we've mutual friends and, and mutual hobbies that have led to uh, a lot of good times together. And we started brainstorming on this thing, you know, late spring, early summer playing the what if game, this would be really cool to pull it off. And uh, you know, he had a list of responsibilities on his side to take care of it. So did I. And, No, we got it done. It's pretty cool.
0: And it seems that you and Dario Franchitti have meshed together very well. Dario, of course, a four-time IndyCar Series champion, three-time Indianapolis 500 winner. How far back does that relationship go?
2: Yeah, it goes back pretty far. I mean, I've had connections to the IndyCar world for a lot of years through my my, uh, attorney, Alan Miller. Um, He's represented many drivers. And when I go back to my days of of, – you know, Adrian Fernandez when he was racing in the cart IndyCar series. And, and, you know, that, that was kind of a, an early point for me to meet a lot of these folks and then, you know, mutual friends along the way and run-ins. And then with Dario's time that he spent in NASCAR, um, you know, we obviously spent a lot of time around one another then, and then I also have to throw some credit to the the 24 hours of Daytona. And in running that race, that's always been a good, just hang session for drivers around the world, um, you've got a test session at some point before the race where there's just a lot of downtime and guys get together and hang. And then over the course of the race weekend itself.
0: NASCAR has a significant amount of engineering and engineers that help support the effort. Uh, probably a lot more than the sport gets credit for IndyCar has been considered a technical form of racing. How have you adjusted working with people like Julian Robertson and Chris Simmons in the uh, engineering and technical department over at Chip Ganassi racing?
2: Yeah, it's been quite an eye opener. There's of course I knew there was more data on these cars for the rules and the fact that they can pull data off the cars during the race is something we've never had before and I knew it would open up a new dimension of uh, of learning and depth, but I had no idea how far. So, you know, these cars are so instrumented and you literally get every millisecond that the car is running and operating. So, um, you can develop theories, prove or dispel thoughts or theories, you know, actually see real time um, things that are taking place from the car mechanically, aerowise, wise and a lot of tools that we all wish we could have NASCAR, but for the rules, we're just not allowed to.
0: The season is going to begin April 18th in the Honda Indy Grand Prix of Alabama at Barber Motorsports Park. In some ways, I see that as a fitting uh, beginning for you because it's 40 miles west, the Talladega Super Speedway, where you've had some memorable exploits, a couple of victories. When you think about, you know, wow, I'm starting my IndyCar career in a state where, I mean, I've, I've been coming to Alabama since for the last 20 years.
2: <laughs> True. You know, Barber and Talladega do look a little different, though, you have to admit. <laughs> But yes, it is a friendly state. It does seem fitting that, you know, I'm, I'm in a state where I've raced so much before my cup career uh, versus going to, like, a St. Pete where, you know, I've never raced in that uh, that city before. So it, it's fitting, and uh, I'm excited for it. I really am.
0: Well, and also, you're not going to have uh, Mardi Gras beads being thrown at you at, uh, at Barber, probably, either like Correct. it was on Talladega Boulevard before a, a Talladega <laughs> Yeah, the
1: Boulevard.
2: Race. <laughs> the boulevard what a spot
0: yeah but in a lot of ways uh you look at alabama you look at birmingham and now they have such a variety of races you know there's sports car racing on that track there's motorcycle racing on that track nascar has the iconic talladega super speedway that's really is a uh, a mecca of racing
2: it is and when you think about you know what happens at barber during the week Um, and all the different club racing that goes on and driving, you know, I've been there in an F3 car a few times and and I've tried to schedule more dates, but the track is full. So what I'm really impressed with in in throughout the state of Alabama is sure there's the the top tier stuff, but there's a lot of racing. When you look at all the short tracks, dirt and paved, you know, ovals that are around, uh, the various road courses that are are in the state and how busy they are. Um, it's quite impressive.
0: There's also a uh, Honda manufacturing plant nearby, I believe it's in Lincoln, and every year Honda drivers go over there for the meet-and-greets. Are you going to get an opportunity to participate in that for Honda?
2: I don't believe because of COVID that's all happening this year. At least I haven't seen it on the schedule yet.
0: Okay, but so far, what's it been like working with Honda after all the years that you were a member of General Motors?
2: Yeah, it is um, interesting just to to be with another manufacturer. you know, new names, new people, new titles, new roles. You know, there are a lot of similarities in how the manufacturers run their race programs. Um, but you know, the biggest difference is just the functionality we're allowed to use in IndyCar versus NASCAR. I assume if we had the same stuff available in NASCAR, we would you know really attack things in the same fashion. But um, because IndyCar is so complex, I have a much deeper relationship with with the Honda engineer who's assigned to our car than I really ever have with a, you know, an engine tuner or something that, that I would work with on the NASCAR side. Um, because not only, you know, are they worried about engine performance, but you have fuel mileage that you're looking at. There's uh, engine braking options. Uh, there, there are a lot of, there's a lot of functionality within the system that can make my life better in the car. So it's like a, a, a subset to what a crew chief would be or an engineer would be that engine uh, specialist for Honda is somebody that really makes my life, you know, easier in, in the car itself from a setup standpoint.
0: You've attacked this transition from NASCAR to IndyCar uh, very uh, aggressively. What do you see as the area that you've improved the most, and the area that you
2: need to continue to improve in? I would say everything's improved so far. <laughs> I, I uh, man, I, I really was as green as they come, even though I've had all this experience. You know, there's just so many the approach to everything is so different. Uh, but you know the areas that seem out to me the most right now really are bringing the tires up to temp and that's something we never were concerned with in a NASCAR race but trying to get the tires warm enough fast enough to run your fastest lap is uh, is really key because qualifying is so vital in, in in these races and trying to pass on a street circuit. So you know it's a fine line because you're out on those outlaps trying to build tire temp and it's not comfortable and it's really easy to lose one of these cars, especially on power because the platform of the chassis is so stiff. But you have to keep pushing and try to build that tire temp as soon as you can and and try to do it for anyone else so that you're you know, second, third lap, the tires there, peak tire, peak grip, you run a fast lap, you come into the pits, you move on. Right now it's taken me, you know, instead of three laps, it's more like five to six. And I'm missing the window of peak performance of the tire and then when you get to a race weekend and you have uh tire allotments i'm putting double laps on my tires every time i go out
0: and wrapping up here with seven-time nascar cup series champion jimmy johnson it all started for you as a kid at the long beach grand prix the seasonal finish this year at the acura grand prix of long beach and you got to really be looking forward to that how excited are you to know that you'll be able to wrap up your first season in indycar at the track where the dream all
2: began for you yeah, it's really special. I mean, I still remember those April, uh, going as, as a young kid and, and being there in April and the excitement of the new season and the energy that went with that. So I, I, I can't wait to race there in April just to just to check that box. But I am really excited that it's at the end of the year now, so I will have a full year of experience to put my best foot forward on that iconic track in in such a special emotional moment for me.
0: Just remember one thing: the first race of your rookie year in 2002, you won the pole for the Daytona 500 that year.
2: <laughs> I did. It's, it's a little different than uh, running a lap at Barber, though.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, I was just saying the bar's been set pretty high, uh, so True. you know that's a goal for you to achieve. Seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion Jimmy Johnson, who is now a member of the NTT IndyCar Series with Chip Ganassi Racing. Good luck this season, and thank you for joining us
2: today. Appreciate it, Bruce. Thank you, man.
0: In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. Or, for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Our final guest is McLaren CEO Zach Brown, who skipped the Formula One race in Imola, Italy, to watch his two drivers at Aero McLaren SP compete in the IndyCar season opener. Those two drivers are Pato Award of Mexico, who won the poll on Saturday, and Felix Rosenquist of Sweden. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is McLaren CEO, Zach Brown. Zach, thank you for joining us today.
3: Great to be here. I love uh, Barber Motorsports Park. I've raced here myself, and uh, yeah, there was going to be no way I was going to miss the first IndyCar race of the year. Uh, Got our first uh, Formula One race in, uh, had a good result, hoping we can uh, get off to a strong start here. I think we've got uh, two strong drivers, a very strong team in a very strong field, so uh, let's see how we get on. And as far as your Formula
0: One effort so far with Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo, how has that gone so far? A couple
3: of races into the season. There's a lot of
0: promise at McLaren over in Formula One.
3: Yeah, so far so good. We got the the new Mercedes power plant in the... In the car, um, you know, Daniel's settled in uh, very quickly, as you would expect him to as a seven-time Grand Prix winner. Uh, Lando's in season three and feeling good. Uh, team's coming together really well, so uh, good result at the first race of the year. We've got uh, Imola this, this weekend. Looks uh, like we'll have some competition from Ferrari and Alfa but but... Um, It's going to uh, not be much sleep for me this weekend watching all the racing.
0: The excitement level that you have here at Arrow McLaren SP, your two young drivers, Pato Ward of Mexico, Felix Rosenquist of Sweden, these are two guys that not only are potential race winners, they're potential IndyCar champions, and obviously that's why you hired them. Just to be able to have drivers of this talent on this team, how excited are you for that
3: uh, super excited you know I think this is a uh, very much a driver series where the team's going to give them the equipment to, to win so you need the entire package but I think we uh, we have that I like the work that the team's done over the uh, over the winter I think Taylor Kyle's uh, a great leader of the the team I'm glad he's our our president and um, the two organizations are are now working as one organization with one driver that's proven he can win uh, an IndyCar race, and had he not proven it, the other guy would have proven he can win an IndyCar race. So uh, I think we got two guys that have a chance to, to win every weekend, and uh, it's a very tough series, but I think they both have a chance at winning the championship.
0: And then for the 150 Indianapolis 500, you bring back a former McLaren F1 driver, who also happens to be a two-time Indy 500 winner, Juan Pablo Montoya. And as you have said, you always want to have a big name, a big personality in that extra car at Indy. And Juan gives you all that.
3: Juan's uh, the complete package. We know he knows how to win around Indy. Well, we know he knows how to win around most racetracks. Um, Great personality. Great McLaren uh, history. uh, Great uh, experience. And um, I think he's going to have a shot. At winning, as uh, as are other two cars, and uh, one raced for me at Le Mans two years ago in uh, United Autosports. We finished on the podium there, so he definitely still has what it takes, and pairing with Craig Hampson, I think they're going to be uh, dangerous for the competition come race day.
0: It's the 50th anniversary of Peter Revson's pull in the 1971 Indianapolis 500, which is remains one of the more exciting pole runs in Indy 500 history. You have a throwback scheme with Juan Pablo Montoya in that same car that Peter Revson had, the paint scheme. Just what does it mean to have that type of connection with McLaren, the Indianapolis 500, and Peter Revson, and names like that.
3: I think it's uh, super cool. Peter Revson spent some time in this motorhome you and I are sitting in, and, um, you know, I love the history of, of uh, motor racing. I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of the history of the sport, so it's a real privilege to work for McLaren and be able to do uh, cool stuff, really, for the fans, which is uh, celebrate our history and, you know, kind of bring it back to life. Speaking of the motorhome, it's a Condor. It's a 1970 Condor. I think it's 1972. I got to look it up again, but it's certainly early 70s, or right around when I was born. But there's an interesting story to how you
0: were able to find this and end up owning it.
3: Yeah, it was on uh, bringatrailer.com and uh, a good buddy of mine, uh, Alan Gao, uh, you know, likes to send me stuff that he thinks I want to buy and he sent me this and it was a complete no-brainer. So I had him do the bidding for me because I thought uh, if it was... Uh uh, there was awareness of who was bidding for it. They would go, well, this guy's not going to stop till he gets it because they would have been right. So uh, we, we got it. We've had it uh, restored underneath. Uh, it's all very original on the outside, the inside. So, uh, um, you know, it's great. I mean, the legends have been in here. Emerson Fittipaldi, Johnny Rutherford, uh, Roger. The, uh, it, it was actually owned by the owner of McLaren Engines at the time. Do you feel the ghost of motorsports history in, yeah, in I, this? Yeah, I, I do. And uh, these you know, race programs sitting in front of us when we uh, when we got the vehicle and we started opening some doors, there was some uh, pretty cool history in there. So uh, it, it feels very, uh, very special.
0: How proud are you of the IndyCar team that you've been able to uh, build? It took you a while to get in the door for a full-time IndyCar effort. I know there were a lot of hurdles you had to overcome But since you've joined uh, forces with Sam Schmidt and Rick Peterson to form Errol McLaren SP, you've built quite an operation. So how proud are you? Very proud. But I
3: feel, you know, we're in this for the long haul. Um, We haven't won anything yet. So, um, you know, I'm excited with the progress, but we're not where we need to be where our ultimate goal is to go win the championship Uh, when I started at McLaren one of the things that was very exciting to me was uh, the owners said look we you know We like that you're a racer and we're racers so wherever we can go racing that that makes sense uh, happy to build that uh together so you know we got fernando in in 17 and then took 18 off we struggled in 19 and landed on a a good way to go racing in 20 and here we are in 21 i think with a a team that's gonna be capable of winning races
0: and also you want to be one of the big four in indycar right now there's a big three but you want to be part of the big four and how close do you feel that this team is to that?
3: I think we're pretty close. Uh, we'll, we you know, we'll have to see how we uh, how we get on. But you know, winter testing, we were uh, very strong everywhere. Both both drivers were strong in the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway test. So um, I think uh, I'd like to think we can enter the Big Four this year, and I'd like to think we can get there before the end of the year. And wrapping up here
0: with Zach Brown, McLaren CEO, uh, your prospects over in Formula One, how? Competitive? Do you feel that your two-driver operation over there can be this season? I
3: think it's going to be a slugfest to, to retain third in the championship. Uh, I think we punched above our weight last year. Uh, team did a great job executing. Uh, drivers did a great job. Uh, I think it is very close between teams three to seven. So uh, holding on to third I think has got to be our goal for this year, and I think it's going to be damn hard mclaren ceo
0: zach brown it's both a privilege and an honor to have you as a guest here on pit pass indy
3: great to be here
0: and that puts a checkered flag on the second episode of pit pass indy car We want to thank all of our guests, including Honda Indy Grand Prix of Alabama race winner Alex Pillow, seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion and IndyCar Series rookie driver Jimmy Johnson, and McLaren CEO Zach Brown for joining us today. Keep up with the latest IndyCar news by following me on Twitter at Martin underscore 500 and Speedsport.com. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, and final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.